0: Welcome to the window seat, the best way to travel. Everything that I need, across the seas, pack my things and just leave with little dreams. I'm here today with Rad for episode Morocco. Yay! (laughs) You sound so enthusiastic.
1: Well, I am enthusiastic, but that's just like where my levels are constantly. You know me. But yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm here for another episode, but this time we're going to listen to what you've got to say more so than what I've got to say.
0: Yeah, this is a different kind of episode. He's kind of going to be interviewing me on what my experience was like in Morocco, and this episode's not like the other ones because it's a bit more— I went through a lot of stuff in Morocco, and it's a very special place in my heart, and yeah
1: so special that she named her cat after Morocco.
0: I did name my cat after Morocco. And do you know why?
1: I actually don't know why you named Morocco Morocco.
0: I'll tell you because when I was in Marrakesh, I found this street cat and it was like dying, this baby kitten, and it kept following me and going underneath my dress. So I picked it up and I took it back to my hotel with me. Most likely had fleas, like it was disgusting. I washed it in the shower in the Riyadh. And everyone was like, what are you doing? You can't just, like, take cats off the street in Morocco. And this cat, like, fucking loved me. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm traveling after this. I can't bring it to, like, Greece and Italy and all these places. So I bought it a bunch of milk. And all the women on the street were, like, looking at me like I was crazy for holding this kitten. And I gave it milk. It was so happy. And it was looking at me like I was its mom. And yeah. then I was like, I have to say goodbye. And then this Moroccan guy was like, that's so nice of you. And I was like, will you please take it? Will you, like, adopt it? And he was like, I will, I will. And I don't, th- I don't think he did. But in my heart, as I left, I was like, felt like, okay, maybe this guy's going to give it a girl. Yeah, let's
1: just think of it that way. Let's just let's, let's just, just hope. go like, yeah, he, like, you know. It was just yeah. Like, I, 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 he fell in love with a cat and... Let's just Everything just <laughs> <They laughs> Let's just think of it that way.
0: So then when I was in New York and Morocco was found on the street, I was like, I have to name him after that street cat in Morocco. And that's his name.
1: Hmm. I had no idea.
0: I know. Some things I haven't told you yet.
1: Ooh. <laughs> what else? Let's hear it. <laughs>
0: Save that for another day. Okay.
1: Next, next, uh, next season's podcast. Exactly. Things Brooke has not told me yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if you want to know.
1: Uh, I actually do. I don't know if you want people to know, but we'll (laughs) go for it. Yeah, so. Tell me a little bit about Morocco. I want to hear the experiences of why you went.
0: Okay. I went because, do you know that movie Almost Famous?
1: I do know Almost Famous.
0: You know when Penny's always like, I want a one-way window seat to Morocco? You know when she says that I don't
1: remember that specifically. All I remember was that like, She was just like a very free-spirited individual, so I could see her saying something like that, and I could see you being like... That's me. That's me, (laughs) so I got to do what Penny does. Yeah, I could see that totally. Yeah,
0: Uh, so that kind of always made me want to do it. I've been wanting to go since I was a kid, and then I was hit by a taxi on 34th and 9th. So casual. Where in New York? Yeah, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, 34th and 9th and I Was
1: like in LA? weird. Like, that also happened in LA. No, I
0: I <laughs> Yeah, okay. Let's go with
1: one one story at a time. One New York, time. let's New York accident first.
0: I was in an, in an accident in New York and I was getting a small amount of settlement money and then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go. And my girlfriends were like, come meet us in Italy and Greece. We're doing this trip. And then I was like, no, I want to be like by myself in Morocco. And they're like, that's so weird. Like you can be with all your best friends in, in Greece.
1: That is kind of random to be like, I'm going to Morocco. I mean, I, okay, I get it. Like a lot of people have said that and like it seems like an interesting place. But like, why? I
0: I don't really know how to explain it, but... Felt like something was calling me to go there. I just had to, I just had to go to the point where I did not hang out with my friends to do this because I think I knew I needed this experience to grow. I don't know. It's just, no, I, I knew it. I had to go. I, I can't it. really explain it. And what happened at the end, which we'll talk about in the podcast, really makes it me feel like I was meant to have that experience. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I booked a group tour because my mom was like, there's no way you're going to this country, blah, blah, blah. Like everyone was freaking out. And she was right because places like India and Morocco, I think it's really good to do a group tour because I've never done groups before.
1: Especially as like a tiny girl, I would suggest it. But yeah. Yeah. I- I, I agree with your mother on that
0: one. It, it's just, like, not even about, like, danger, but you get to see all this stuff and be toured around by a local right. guide who knows the best food, the cleanest places. He knows where to haggle to get the bags. And, like, it. it's just, like, a more easygoing experience when you're with a local Moroccan guy, yeah. you know what I mean? No, I get it. So yeah, the group tour was amazing. And then I flew there and the minute I got there, I started negotiating and, you know, bartering weird. in the taxi. So
1: weird of you to so do that. So weird,
0: right? Yeah. I'm like, I try to do it everywhere we go. Uh,
1: I know. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> I grew up like my dad would like barter with everyone or not barter sorry like bargain with everyone and he would be like no I'm not paying that I'm not paying this so like I, I, like when I was a kid it was embarrassing but yeah. like I've gotten used to it cuz like, you know your, your whole life doing that so now I've sort of become that but like you're like on another level which oh, uh, great. I, No 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 <laughs> I appreciate it sometimes sometimes somebody's got to say it, you know better, do it. my dad taught me how me. to
0: do it at a young age and he taught me good Shout out to my dad.
1: Yes. (laughs) Shout out (laughs) Philly.
0: Shout out Philly.
1: I want to know more about where you've been in Morocco.
0: So I've been to Casablanca, Meknez, a Berber village on a mountain, Fez, and Marrakech. So we can break the podcast down by each place and... Tell you a little bit about each place. I kind
1: of want to know about Casablanca, like straight off, just because of the name. So tell me about it. Casablanca
0: is like truthfully not as cool as like people think it is. I think it became famous from the movie. And then everybody who goes there is kind of disappointed because it's like not that great of a city. It's famous for that mosque, um, Hassan, the Hassan 2 mosque. Is that right?
1: I'm not even 100% sure because, like, I- I've you never even been there. to Morocco. I'm, like, asking you, like, you so, know. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, like, a few, like, random, like, tits and bits and stuff like that, tidbits mm-hmm. I know about Morocco, but, like, not anything unless, like, you've been there. And it's this you-
0: amazing and beautiful mosque. The architecture is amazing. Yeah. The textiles are amazing. It's one of the only mosques you can go to as a non-Muslim because if you're not Muslim, they don't let you into most of the mosques in Morocco. Do How you know? would
1: they know if you're Muslim or not? They know.
0: <laughs> really? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, they actually, they use oranges to scrub the doors to make them clean, which I thought was really cool. Okay. Yeah. To make Does them- that work? Yeah. Yeah. We should try it at Oh, home. my God. I got to do that. <laughs> On the I'm kitchen floor. I'm going to
1: go to uh, the store tomorrow and grab a bunch of oranges start <laughs> cleaning the whole apartment. <laughs> it can smell delicious for sure. I love it. No matter what.
0: Yeah. Casablanca is really cool because there's a lot of um souks and medinas. Medina's like the city and then the souks are like the alleyways that interweave. It's it's no. a maze. I can't really yeah. explain it other than like a maze within these like tall walls and there they're selling. It's like Aladdin. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. They they have fire breathers and yeah snake charmers, psychic, fortune tellers, they're selling bags, they're selling rugs, teas, like... Sounds
1: like Istanbul, almost.
0: I think they're very similar. Yeah, it
1: has to be, yeah.
0: Well, what was it like in Istanbul? Because I I mean,
1: Honestly, like, I wasn't there for long enough to be like, this was, I mean, it's very nice. Uh, I only spent most of my time at a hotel because I was just like sort of like passing by. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was really nice. It was okay there's a video game that I played and like it was very true to life to like what it's called Assassin's Creed I'm sure some people know it that are listening if not totally fine I'm a nerd <laughs> it's okay and there was a point in time where there one of the games was in Istanbul right but mm-hmm. this is, like but it, it it sort of reminded me of that because there was a lot of like bazaars and bazaars, stuff like, yeah.
0: yeah, like lanterns yeah. and all that.
1: Everyone's yeah. drinking tea and everybody's offering tea. It was it was pretty sweet actually. I liked it.
0: The tea in Morocco is amazing. It's fresh mint green tea. All you need is the mint leaves to make it. You have the colorful glasses and the people like have these tricks where they can lift it up high and then it just goes right into the Mm -hmm. cup. And they drink it even when it's 120 degrees and it's so hot and you're sweating and the women are in their burkas with their... You know, only you can see their eyeballs yeah. popping out. They drink it, even though you're so hot, because it's actually meant to cool your body down.
1: No, I get that. Trust me. I like you go to Eastern Europe. It's the same way. Like you don't, nobody has like those like little tea bag things.
0: Yeah. Like, oh no, they, that, that would be a happen. sin in Morocco. No, people
1: like freak out if yeah, you bring hell that. No. Out. So yeah.
0: But yeah, I don't have much to say about Casablanca. That's where I met the tour. And that's when I met the two people that really changed the trip for me. It was an Australian woman and her daughter who was a little bit younger than me at the time. And we just like really hit it off. And the mom, her name was Lillian. She was like, I can't believe you're here by yourself. I'm going to take you in like my daughter. And then the whole time we just stuck together. And even though the daughter was my age, I felt so connected to the mom like, how, have you ever met someone and you felt like you've known them, like, like you know them from some other place and time?
1: Not necessarily like that, but I feel like sometimes you just meet somebody and you just click, and you have a connection with that person more so than you have with like anyone else mm-hmm. that you can meet. And it's it's just it just like off the bat, you guys like get along, you guys feel each other, and just go. Yeah, you know what I mean?
0: Exactly. That's how it was with this woman. We just felt like so connected and I think like I really felt that when we were leaving Casablanca to go to Meknes we were on this train and the train broke down and it was so hot and we were just stuck there for like 10 hours and everyone was speaking Arabic. By the way in, in Morocco they speak Arabic French and Malhaba
1: English. For any A- Arabic listener. You know what that means maybe? Yeah it means hello.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. Yes. (laughs) I was thinking you're saying Habibi or something.
1: No, Marhaba means hello.
0: Wow, That's look right. at you, man of the here. world here. Just yeah, F- it's turning me on. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Right. Anyway, the train had broken down, and everyone was like freaking out. And me and this the mother, Lillian, we were just laughing our asses off. Just I don't know, like the whole trip to us was so funny and bizarre. We're like, what's going on? Like it was so funny, and she it was weird because now that i'm telling you this she had asked me on the train cuz i told her i'm a singer and she was like will you write a song about me one day mm-hmm. and years down the line as i'll tell you the story i I ended up writing a song about her. So it was just... Anyway, keep going. So, Mechnez. We, yeah. we arrive in Mechnez. And it was a cool city. There was Also, like, it didn't blow me away, Mechnez. They had spice markets there, which are really cool. There's, like, mounds and dunes yeah. of different spices. I'm sure you've seen pictures. Of I have seen pictures.
1: Like. I've also heard that they have camel burgers there.
0: How did you know that?
1: Uh, just random, like, tidbits YouTube? of information. YouTube, you know.
0: Well... Yeah, speaking of camel burgers, there was <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue.
1: Speaking of camel burgers, go for it.
0: Um there was a camel burger that was like dangling from a hook and it was just like a head of a camel with flies around the eyes like just absolutely disgusting so me and the girls were like we're not eating this and our tour guy was like it's so good it's like notorious in morocco and we're like we're vegetarians i mean i'm not really fully but we just all kind of lied and then they're like okay we're gonna put you at this other table and across the way. And it was a restaurant that only had like one table outside yeah. and then had to go down the street just to cook the food. So we didn't even like see it prepared. and Shady. So, shady as fuck. So all this restaurant had was one table and lentil soup. That's it. So I was just happy that I wasn't e- eating the face of a camel. They were literally slicing off the face of Honestly, a camel.
1: Honestly, if it came down to like Camel burger or lentil soup, I'm definitely eating the fucking camel face. No, okay, you fucked. God. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm eating that camel face. That's <laughs>
0: fucked. Anyway, I decided to eat the lentil soup. Yeah. And as I'm eating the lentil soup, this cat, there's stray cats all over Morocco. Yeah, This stray cat comes up and it's like literally like touch rubbing and purring against my feet. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so cute. And then the other girls were like, "Brooke." don't look down. So of course I looked down and the face of the cat, half of it was gone and it was just bone and it was like dangling. Yeah, the skin was dangling by like a thread and you could see all the, I don't know, like what would you call it? Decomposition?
1: I guess decomposed <laughs> skin? It was fucked.
0: It was disgusting. As I was eating and this like bony cat with like probably diseases is rubbing up against me and I had the worst anxiety of my life. I never take Xanax. I popped a Xanax. I w- couldn't breathe. and that I want to have a panic attack too. That's it gave me a so panic fu- attack. First I'm like, all, where I'm an am I? am an animal
1: lover so like to like see a and cat. Like, I saw a pigeon get like run over once. Not even like fully, just die. like having like this is like when I was a kid, and I saw like a a pigeon uh get its foot run over, and I like did literally have I cried. I was a like, kid oh, oh. cried my eyes out. Like I, was, I
0: saved a pigeon once. I think I told you. You that did
1: story. tell me about yeah. that. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, so that's pretty much mechnez Actually, one other thing happened in Mechnez that I don't think I've ever told you this before, but we were walking through the the souks, the alleyways, and I saw this mother begging with her child, and yeah. the child didn't have eyeballs. Like, they, it was just, like, an empty eye. That's I don't know why I'm telling all these disgusting rocket stories, because it's actually No, amazing. because,
1: I mean, it's reality, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not all, like, tourism. Like, when you go to a different country, like, real shit happens. Yeah,
0: exactly. This is just, like, what I saw. Yeah. Exactly. So... This woman, she's begging with her kid. The kid yeah. has no eyes. I'm like shocked. I've never seen anything like that in my life. So I asked my tour guide, whose name's Tariq. I'm like, Tariq, like, what the fuck? And he was like, oh, this is so common in Morocco. When the mother takes the weakest link of the family and yeah. removes the eyeballs of them to yeah. beg for money. I. could not shake that for the longest time. I couldn't believe that a mother would do that to their kid.
1: No, that's fucked. I mean, I've seen that happen in countries, not to that extent. Um, There's like, uh, when I was in Russia, there was a lot like a lot of mothers will bring their children to beg, but they're from, like, either Uzbekistan or Tajikistan. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're, 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 it's hard for them to live out there also. They they sort of, like, do, like, menial jobs and stuff like that. So a lot of them, like, resort to, like, begging and stuff. Mm-hmm. So i got to stop saying and stuff. But, <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, so I've seen that. And that alone makes it makes it sad, but I could just imagine what you would have felt like it, seeing a child with, no eyes. It was
0: really It's horrible.
1: one thing for, like, a child to be blind, but, like, no eyes. That's, like, another level of just...
0: Disgusting. It's,
1: it's just... It's beyond disgusting. It's really fucked that, like, somebody would go to that length to try to get money. I mean, I... I want to say I get it, but I don't. don't I don't. But yeah, I, you I, can I think I never will because yeah. I just am not You're that. You've never been. Not, yeah. I, would, yeah. No matter, I feel like no matter what situation I, I would be in my life, I would never put a child through that. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. But yeah, please go on. Well, from there, we went to a Berber village. Do you know what like Berber people are?
1: Slightly, but please explain because I'm a little lost.
0: So, this the people that live up in the mountains is an ethnic group. They're pretty much like the indigenous people of Morocco, pre Arab, pre Roman. They're pretty much the first people who've ever settled in Morocco. So, they're.
1: Oh, you know what? Those are the ones that you just uh, like if you want to go like mountain climbing, they help you mountain climb, right? Or not, like, mountains. Are you thinking, climb. like, the
0: Atlas Mountains and stuff?
1: No, what I'm thinking is, like, don't they, like, if you want to go up a few mountains, they get, like, Berbers to, Probably. like, help you go up a mountain with all, like, with goats or camels Probably. or something? Probably. I, I could be wrong. I could be just like totally wrong on this, but yeah. I thought that that's what they were.
0: I think you could be right. Okay. Um, that wasn't my experience, but we did have a donkey that like came and took our luggage. It's like a group of people that like live pretty much in the mountains, but we did have a guide there and he had like the donkeys take our stuff up and we stayed there. There it stayed. is,
1: donkeys. That's what I'm thinking of, not camels. Yeah, no donkeys. Noise. Yeah. yeah. There
0: you go. And That was probably the most amazing experience I had in Morocco because we really stayed in like a local village and he we stayed in his Riyadh. Actually, it was more like a huge, beautiful house. I love the architecture in Morocco. It's my absolute favorite. Like the fountains and the – it's just like everything's designed to perfection. For those of you
1: who don't know what a Riyadh is, it's sort of uh, I guess like a hostel slash hotel where people stay. They just call them a rehab. Yeah. Instead
0: exactly. of hostel or How hotel. do you describe, like, how would you describe the architecture in Morocco?
1: Describe to me what the architecture it's is It's just
0: like. a lot of fountains and tiles and, like, blues and ugh, just, like, totally amazing. But anyway, as we were walking through the streets in the Berber village women started hissing at me because you're always supposed to dress appropriately and I always did because I wanted to respect the country even when I was hot. Like I always wore long sleeves, um, long pants. It's just like what you have to do when you go to a Muslim country. You have to like respect the way that they live their lives and not how you do in America. But I didn't know that my white dress see-through so you could see my underwear through my dress. And the women started hissing at me like a snake like... And I was like, "Oh my god, what the fuck!" So I had to like wrap a sweater around, blah blah blah. But
1: yeah, I wouldn't. Have
0: you ever been hissed at before? Hissed at? Maybe in the bedroom. I'm just kidding. Jeez.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, I've never been hissed at.
0: <laughs> I'm on one tonight. Maybe
1: by like an animal.
0: <laughs> Maybe by Morocco.
1: Morocco has still not hissed
0: at me. Yeah. So we stayed in this amazing house, and at, in in the night. The stars were out everywhere and you can see them from your bedroom. And I just heard these two men like speaking on the street in Arabic. It felt like out of a movie scene. I was right penciling in my journal and you see the mountains everywhere and the carpets and the clothes lines of, it, it was just so magical. I can't even begin to say. And then we went downstairs and the wife of the house was cooking tar, tangine Tan- or Tarjean? Tangine. I think it's
1: t- Tangine. Tangine. Yeah. I don't think there's an R in it, but yeah. It's
0: Tangine. You're right. So you had Tangine for your first time last night with last me. Last night.
1: It was amazing, Why actually. don't
0: you describe exactly what that is?
1: Uh, Okay. So it's got meat in it, any kind. I mean, you can go... We had chicken in ours, and it's sort of like brothy. They bring a rice, and you... Put the rice into the broth mm-hmm. wait for it to sort of like cook because it's hot and then you eat it and it's delicious it's
0: delicious yeah it has yeah. Like, it has a vegetable sometimes in it sometimes rice sometimes uh maybe couscous
1: i don't know about the couscous but we had rice yeah. because it was del- I, I don't know i thought it was amazing
0: it's but- really really good and it comes in these old how do you describe it's it? Like right. yeah. It's
1: like a ceramic pot-looking thing. Right, yeah, with like a point. Yeah, with a point. It, it almost looks like a lamp without a top. Yeah, you that's a good I mean? way to
0: describe it.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and that's what they cook, but it's all ceramic. And then they take off the top. And then it becomes a bowl. Yeah. And inside that is the meat and the broth and the veggies. And they bring you another bowl with the mm-hmm. rice and you just toss it in there. And right. uh, I think the mixture is just amazing. It's so
0: good. So, yeah, Mohammed's wife made us tangine. Yeah. But I thought it was really crazy because at the end, we're all having this group dinner. And once the dinner was made, He made his wife go sit in the other room and eat by herself. Like, she couldn't participate with us. Yeah. That was, like, really hard for me to swallow.
1: No, I get that. It was, like, As a Westerner, it's hard to deal with that kind of stuff.
0: Also, like, a lot of Westerners told me don't tell them that you're Jewish when you go there. But I was... I felt so comfortable a few days in. At right. this dinner, we were comparing Arabic to Hebrew, drawing it out for each other, yeah. and I thought that that was so cool that we were, like, able to... Yeah. Everyone was so chill, and they took me to the Jewish district yeah. and, and all of that. So I, that mean, I think it's,
1: like, a misconception that, like, every, like, you know, Middle Eastern, like, Arabic individual somehow dislikes Jewish people. Yeah, that's it's not, not true. Fact, yeah, so, especially you know. in
0: Morocco. Like, they're very... Yeah. They're not as... um
1: Not as... Orthodox, I guess, Mm -hmm. with their religion. There's a bunch of countries that are are mainly Muslim, but they don't have that sort of lifestyle where nobody wears burqas, you know, but it's mainly a Muslim country.
0: Yeah. Would you want me to wear a burqa?
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, definitely. We'll, let's go clubbing in. Bra- that,
0: you're blushing, me.
1: <laughs> Am I? I think it's the old fashioned <laughs> that, that we're is drinking. We're
0: drinking right now. Yeah. Um, well, I could tell you like a little bit just about Morocco, like things that you should know before you go. Please. One thing about the Berber village that I learned while we're on that is speaking about Judaism. In Morocco, all the houses kind of look the same. Like, you can't tell who's wealthy, who's poor. They all right. kind of look the same. But when you're invited into the household, that's where you can tell somebody's class by the way the home is decorated mm. and and all that. we Americans and Jewish people it's more about how the house looks on the outside like showing people Oh my god, like my house is so big and grandiose and but like inside It's not as maybe warm and I love that about the Moroccan culture is that like you don't know until you're invited in like how somebody's home really is. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, I I do know. I think
1: that's pretty sweet actually. Yeah,
0: I really like that a lot Um, but basic information the currency is dirham Haggling is a really big part of the culture, which again... How's the
1: traveling there?
0: I mean, it's a lot of trains. They break down, like I'm telling you. Our travel was kind of mapped out for us, so I didn't really have to think about it. Like,
1: ta- so There's no, like, taxis Yeah, there, or there's taxis. There is, yeah. So a uh, lot... Yeah, we did a lot okay. of taxis and cool. stuff
0: like that. Taxis and mainly trains. And I was there, I think, 10 days, and I saw a lot within 10 days, but we were on the move. Like, yeah. we had it, like, structured. Um, yeah, they love haggling. If you just go in and you're like, sure, I'll give you 10 dirham. They're mm-hmm. like, that's no fun. Like, yeah. it's part of the game. It's part of the way that they live. So everybody told me that they're like, you're a Moroccan woman. And I'm like, why? And they're like, you literally negotiate better than like pe- real Moroccans. Too. Yeah. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, they do the call of prayer five times a day. You know well, about yeah, that. Well, yeah,
1: any Muslim country will have that. What, what do they do? Uh, is there some sort of, uh, like, alarm? Because I know, like, yeah. in, in a lot of Muslim countries, they'll have, like, either bells mm-hmm. or something go off yeah. five times a day and, and then people, everybody just stops what they're doing yes, to like, pray. Yes, like,
0: literally on the highway, people will just get out yeah. of their car, Yeah, be on the ground. See, I've those are seen. real Muslims. yeah. Did I ever tell you that I know the prime minister of Morocco's son?
1: No, you did not. Tell he
0: went. Me that. He went to my college. I called him Morocco. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was the prime minister's son. Apparently, hopefully, he doesn't hear this. But apparently, he was like, his dad was like Trump. Like no one liked oh, him, and he like ruined the country. And then I was like really embarrassed when I told everyone I knew him. <laughs> but um, um, but yeah, his, his son basically would take us out to like really nice expensive dinners in New York, it yeah. was pretty awesome. That's so
1: you basically met Donald Trump Jr.
0: Yeah, of Morocco. Of Morocco. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and the food, like we're saying, it's a lot of chicken, falafel, hummus, tabouya. There's a lot of spices, saffron. It's like
1: the most beautiful thing you saw out there. If you could say well, one thing.
0: What comes to my head about that Is my friendship with Lily. It was like a moment in time where I that my friendship was the most beautiful thing that happened in Morocco. It was less about the country and more about the person that I was with building this relationship with. Yeah. And that kind of sounds like that movie Casablanca. Remember at the end? What does he say? Do you remember that line?
1: Uh, Oh, I think it's this. Okay. I think it's, uh, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. That's what it was. I think this is
0: the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. So that's that's really rang true to me. That's what well, that answers the
1: question because yeah. I asked you what was the most beautiful thing you saw in Morocco, and if that's the case, and so tell me about it.
0: We just everything I'm telling you about we experienced together, and because I was alone, we just. You know, she was, like, a mom to me, like, on that trip. Like, she would fold my clothes because they never fit in my bag. And every place we had to move, she'd refold everything up to, like, fit back in. And just, like, motherly things. And, you know, when we were in Marrakesh, like, we went to go see a psychic. We're, like, we want to (laughs) know. And then something, like, rang to us, like, we don't want to know anymore. So we didn't go. And then that made me feel, well... Later down the line, I almost wish we had went, so maybe we would have been told certain things, but just, I don't know. We just had, like, a lot of fun, and she was, she lived in Australia. She was raised Christian, Yeah. but she told me on the trip how she always felt like she was Jewish and she didn't know <laughs> why. Yeah. And then she had went to a, like a past life healer, almost like a joke. Like a, I don't think she like her friend brought her or something like that. And the past life healer had told her that she had died as a little girl in the Holocaust. And then I was like, whoa, that's, cr- that's a crazy story. None of this kind of added up to me until until the end of our experience which right. I'll get to as as we go. But yeah, um, I'm going to tell you about Fez and Marrakesh, and then we'll get
1: Let's go. Let's go with Fez first. Sure. So
0: Fez is a sick city. I have to take you there. A lot of people don't go to Fez. Like I don't know if people really know about Fez. Like I've that.
1: heard of Fez, but I not really. Like Marrakesh is like the city that people know, you know what yeah. I mean? That's like one of the the most famous one in Morocco, I'd have to say. Yeah. Fez you hear like once in a while, but like not like specifically why.
0: It's a super old city. it's 1200 years old. They have these souks that you go up. yeah and you buy like your leather bags from there and you tip the guy. That owns the leather shop so that you can look out their window and look at these paint tanneries, which are super photogenic. They're like rows of oversized painter's palettes. Yeah. Full of these deep, earthy tones. And they're like glistening the Moroccan sun and it's super beautiful. Everyone wants to go get the right. like Instagram photos there. Of course. Um yeah, it's really cool.
1: Gotta get the IG photos.
0: Gotta get the IG photos. This this was pre Instagram when I went. Yeah. My phone was like shit. I wish I had good pictures. But yeah, but when I was up there, I actually bought a leather bag and I haggled one down for Lillian, my friend I'm telling you about. And she got like this sick suitcase and everything like smells of fresh leather. We were super stoked about getting this bag. And yeah, Fez was super cool. At night, we all kind of got drunk and we did karaoke. And they were asking me, like, Brooke, go sing, go sing. And I was like, yeah. no, no, no. And then the Moroccan men were telling me, like, to say all these Arabic words. Mm-hmm. And then I was saying them, and they're all cracking up. And I'm like, what's so funny? And they were obviously, like, bad curse yeah, words and stuff. Yeah. And so then I was like, you know what? I saw out of the corner of my eye these Moroccan women that were working in the bathroom wearing their burqas and everything. And I pulled them onto, like, the bar stage. That's and a big all, no-no. Yeah, all the men were like, oh. <gasps> Well, because I was like (laughs) in control and they heard me sing and I was like, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give these women a moment of like fucking freedom. And so I was like, sing with me. And I pass them the mic and they just like had this fear in their eye, like we cannot do this. And I was like, it's okay, do it. And then they start singing and we're all dancing. And then the Moroccan men were like, cool with it because I was leading the way. And these women, I just saw in their eye, like they had this moment where they're like, like, what's happening? It was really cool. I felt proud of myself. I like myself. that
1: liberal arts confidence here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give these women. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. You're lucky
1: they were cool about it.
0: Yeah, it could have been a bad situation. It could have been a bad
1: situation. But, but it right? wasn't.
0: It was a good situation. Yeah. And then when we were walking home, um, we were all a little bit drunk. And this girl, Sally, was like, we saw the street count. She's like, come here. You know, calling to the cat, and it got scared. And instead of coming to her, it ran into the street, and all you hear is like, Jesus
1: Christ.
0: Dude. It you was have, like, a the sound. worst
1: sound, or like, cat <laughs> stories in Morocco I've <laughs> ever. ever heard in my life. It like just gets worse. worse, worse. You know, I don't even want to know what happened in Marrakesh, okay? Yeah,
0: we don't, I don't know what happened to this cat. Ran into, like, the thing. I don't yeah. know if it died, but the sound was so bad. And Sally and me just cried so hard. Sally and I, we cried so hard. Like, we're like, oh, my God. She's like, I killed it. I killed it. It was horrible. Yeah, it was really bad. But so, yeah, I highly recommend going to Fez. It's just an amazing ancient old Moroccan city with a ton of things you can buy.
1: I can't wait. I want to see. There's it.
0: so much, like the rug, the carpets, there's belly dancers, like just everything. Oh, it's- now I'm going. Oh, yeah? You're going for the belly dancers? <laughs> oh, yeah? Um, it's
1: definitely not the tannery.
0: <laughs> the tannery stopped bringing you there. You're funny. I got a funny one. Then we went to Marrakesh, and what do you know about Marrakesh?
1: Well, uh, I believe that's like the most uh, touristy city in morocco right Probably, they have yeah. a lot of spices and just beautiful colors in there uh, in, in that city so mm-hmm. i mean as as far as i know i don't know much about marrakesh except for the fact that it's the city to go to in morocco
0: yeah it's an amazing city they have this big square i'm gonna butcher the name but it's called like dijama el Fana. i suck. let's not even try yeah it. i suck yeah. but um There they have everything that I kind of told you about, like the whole Aladdin vibe. And they have Turkish baths. Have you ever done a Turkish bath? Negative. So fun. You get totally naked in the basement of this like Moroccan... Dungeon. This
1: is getting interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: dungeon, basically. And they dump water and hoses on like, you out of buckets yeah. and
1: it sounds exactly like a uh Russian bathhouse.
0: It sounds like that movie hostel. I'm <laughs> just kidding.
1: Uh yeah, yeah. It depends on where the story is gonna go.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's, let's, let's now, they just scrub you down and they give you a massage and then you're in a sauna naked with like a bunch of women. It's just like a Moroccan experience. I highly recommend doing it. Definitely it
1: definitely sounds like Finland. They love uh, doing that. yeah. They get naked in front Everywhere. of each other, go to a, to a like a sauna and just hit each other with... Towels. Not towels. <laughs> they, they hit each other with these like, uh, like uh, these plants, right? Crazy.
0: Anyway, so there's also the Yves Saint Laurent garden. It's called... Again, I'm gonna butcher it. Major garden? M-A-G-O-R-E-L-L-E. Uh-huh. Say that word.
1: I don't even know.
0: He doesn't know. Anyway, it's all like super blue there. Yeah and there's fountains and creeks that are made and flowers everywhere, it's the most beautiful garden and I went there with Lillian and her daughter Chelsea Yeah. and everybody else that on the tour that day went to the Atlas Mountains and we kind of just wanted to be by ourselves and do our own thing and that garden was like such a magical day um, highly recommend going there if you're in Marrakesh and that night we decided to take a tuk-tuk home yeah. do you know what a tuk-tuk is? I do know what Describe a tuk-tuk it. is
1: It's basically a form of transportation in different countries like Thailand and Cambodia and stuff like that. Apparently, they have them in Morocco as well. Uh, It's sort of like, I guess, a motorcycle but also has something in the back that people are able to sit in, right? Yeah,
0: so it like pulls it. It pulls it. Mm -hmm.
1: So, I guess it's sort of like a horse and buggy but it's – a like a motorcycle and buggy.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That describes it. So we were in this tuk-tuk and I asked them to take us to Pasha, which was the name of our hotel. And our guy was going so like so far for like 45 minutes. And we're like, our hotel's 10 minutes from here. Like what's happening? And so he starts driving us out in the middle of the desert. And I'm like, sir. Uh And he's like, no English. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And you know me, like I'm not about to be nickel and dimed for, (laughs) I don't care where the fuck I am. No one's fucking with me. And so this guy's like, you know, it's fine, it's fine. And I'm like, it's not fine, you're going the wrong way. and. My friend Lillian was like, Brooke, stop. We're in Morocco in the middle of the desert. You're going to get us killed. And I was like, I don't care. And so this guy ends up hearing all of us like arguing, like literally in the middle of nowhere, this one guy sees us. Mm -hmm. And so he comes and starts speaking Arabic to the guy and they start fighting and she's like, look what you did. (laughs) Look what you did. And then um, the one guy says like, come with me, girls. Like this guy doesn't know what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. Turns out he thought he was... Taking us to Pasha Mm nightclub, which is like super far away. So he was, we thought we were being kidnapped. Of course. But we weren't.
1: I mean, your assumption would be, I mean, I would assume that too. If like my hotel is like 10 minutes away and like you're driving already like 45 minutes, you're just like where the fuck
0: yeah i felt like it was a horror story this isn't
1: like some like joke kind of thing you know what i mean it's like it's one of those things where like anything can happen i know especially when you don't know the language and you can't communicate with somebody it's scary
0: it's scary so we ended up um going back with this other guy he drops us off and then our group was waiting for us because they were in the atlas mountains that day and then they're like where were you guys and then we're like she's like brooke almost got us killed on a tube it was just crazy so yeah, um, another place I wanna—I haven't been to yet. It's called Blue Chef Sean. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's something cl- close to that.
0: It's something close to that. I haven't been there. It's a place I really want to go to on my bucket list. Yeah, I haven't wanted, felt the desire to go back to Morocco after this trip because it was such a special monumental moment of my life that I don't want to ruin it by going back. Yeah. It will never be as epic as this one time. But this is a place that I really do want to go to at some point. Everything is blue in this city. It's it's become, like, very popular. I read this online, and I'm just going to read it to you, but there are se- several theories to why the walls were painted blue. One popular theory is that the blue keeps mosquitoes away. Another is that Jews introduced the blue when they took refuge from Hitler in the 30s. I thought that was really interesting if that was true. The blue is said to symbolize the sky and heaven and serve as a reminder to lead a spiritual life. However, according to some locals, the walls were mandated to be painted blue simply to attract tourists at some point in the 70s, which is like, that's probably what really happened.
1: I mean, it's a possibility. You never know. Yeah,
0: you never know. But yeah, it's super beautiful and
1: yeah, I, we should. It, it could all be true. It could be like this guy was just like, you know what? I think we'll keep mosquitoes away if we painted our house blue. And, you know, the Jews down the street were like, hey, let's fucking do that, too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be working. And then all of a sudden the tourism, sort of people, tourists kept, uh, came to the city like, wow, that's really pretty. Yeah. And then, like, the government's like, shit, we got to paint everything blue. We need let's to get go. more Jews in here. <laughs> Jews <laughs> keep mosquitoes away. And- <laughs> it's like all three combined. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're so funny. Did you know that in Morocco people eat with their hands?
1: Uh, yes, and I think they what uh, they don't have like uh, seats, right? They sit on the floor. Yeah, there's a lot right? of like
0: floor and pillows and yeah. all of that, which is cool. Um, obviously, Moroccan oil is super famous yeah, there. Of course, the I fresh have
1: Moroccan oil uh, shampoo.
0: Can I steal it from your shower? Didn't
1: you and I buy it together?
0: Oh yeah, the yeah I know what you're talking about. That's not Moroccan is oil. It? No, 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 no. that's not Moroccan oil. Or maybe I had Moroccan
1: oil. Hey. Please go on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the fresh orange juice is like literally the best thing I've ever had in my life. It's fresh, squeezed. It's, I'm dreaming of it right now. It's so good. Nothing like Mel's Diner. Of course,
1: nothing <laughs> like Mel's Diner.
0: And then they have this thing called noose noose there, which is like what you would drink in the morning. It's coffee with milk. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, can I have noose noose? I love that.
1: Sounds like my latte mornings.
0: Yeah. And they say, inshallah. And inshallah. Do you know what that means? I forget. It means, like, God willing. Like, it's, like, how you say, like, goodbye to someone, like, God bless you kind of thing.
1: Like, I I told you, like, in private, like, you know, like, in in well, I mean, not on freaking podcast. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, in Russia, there's a lot, like, a huge, like, Muslim community. But, like, this is not, like, where the – this is not, like, a Muslim community that is, like – like, what you think of in the Middle East, like, their women don't wear, like, burqas or anything like that. They just come from, like, smaller Muslim countries, like mm-hmm. Asian Muslim countries, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, yeah, you, you'll hear that a lot, you know, right. like, inshallah, like, a lot, like, like a lot when you walk into, like, their stores or whatever like that, uh, they will say, uh, salam alaikum. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And you... You
0: know, Shukran.
1: No, uh, uh, when someone says, uh, uh, Salam alaikum, you say, Malaykum salam.
0: Do you know Shukran? No. Thank you.
1: Okay. I think that's Arabic specific. Yeah, Arabic.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're talking about something else? No, I am. I'm
1: that it is Arabic as uh, well.
0: uh, Okay. Yeah. So, with all that said, Morocco is like the most amazing place ever. I highly recommend going and exploring it. I think why it's so special to me is what happened after I left Morocco, Yeah, which was once I left, um, I kept traveling because I had this accident money at the time. Um, My trip was ending and Lillian's daughter Chelsea was like, come with me to Croatia. Ultra's happening. Above and Beyond was playing. She yes. sold me on Above and Beyond. I was like, I'll cancel my flight right now. And so I went to Croatia. Had a really good time. And then her mom was like, Oh my god, that's so cool that you guys like are still traveling together. You should come to Australia. Come stay. Blah blah blah. And I like really thought about it, but then something in my heart was like, Australia is really far. It's like not in this neck of the world. Yeah. I think I'll save that for like a different time and place, but. Yeah, the, yeah, so after that, I landed at home after about six weeks of traveling. And I got home and saw about the Malaysia MH17 flight that was shot down over the Ukraine. Yeah. And so I was just like, wow, that's horrible. I mean, it was like world news. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't it, everyone just thought it was horrible. I didn't really think much about it. Yeah. And then a couple, about two days went by. And then I see this post with my friend's face on it. And I i can't even describe the feeling that I felt. Like... It was just like such world news and to think that someone I just built such a beautiful friendship with was on that flight that got shot down with 298 people. Like what's the chance that someone I know was on that and the chance that I could have said yes, I want to go back with you. I already said yes, I want to go back with the daughter. And then who knows, I could have been on on that plane. So I just, that really honestly like, It was pretty tragic for me to experience.
1: I could imagine. I mean, not only the fact that, like, you had somebody that you had a connection with, but I feel like just the fact that you know that you could have been on the flight, you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, and then you're thinking about, like, what were those final moments like for those people? Like, did they know what happened? And I don't know. It's just weird that she came into my life the last week of her life. And we had such a connection because our time together was so short. I mean, we only spent 10 days of our whole life yeah. together, but it was so impactful. I don't I don't really know how to describe it. I mean,
1: that. I think uh, anybody that can have such a huge impact on your life that you remember them for such a short period of time is like a huge thing. And yeah. you said, you know, like, and I agreed with you, sometimes when you just meet somebody, you just like click
0: yeah, you just off the bat,
1: you know, yeah. you, just, you just go, and, and that's what makes like a connection a connection, you know. It's that time that like you spent with somebody, whether it's a short amount of time, yeah, or a long amount of time, you still have that connection.
0: No yeah, because I would just go back and I would just remember like how hard we laughed the whole yeah. time and the tuk tuk and all these memories, then became that much more significant in my life, and even the psychic, like, what if we had went, and the part about like her past life, where she about the Holocaust. Yeah. What if this woman did tragically die in like all these like horrible ways? I mean, it's just thoughts that rang in my head, and it just like really fucked me up. But what really fucked me up was when when I watched the news, and you just saw all these possessions and belongings mm. of all these people yeah. burning in this field. And I saw the leather bag that we had bought together.
1: You saw that? That is crazy.
0: It was so horrible because it was such a beautiful memory. And to see that, it was like, that made it real for me because it didn't feel real until I saw that. And then I was just like, what in the fuck? And they died on, everybody died in a sunflower field. And sunflower was her favorite flower. So... That was symbolism for me. Just It was just so crazy. And yeah, that's why I wrote the song about her later on in life. Like I thought it was weird that she had asked me to do that. And then naturally that just happened because of the experience. And yeah, I think that was July 17th, 2014. Yeah, And then Yom Kippur, do you know about Yom Kippur?
1: Slightly. I know it's a Jewish holiday. I just don't know which one it is because Jews have a lot, a lot of, holidays. of holidays.
0: So Yom Is it the
1: one where you have to talk about like all the things that you've done prior in that year that you want to like... Yeah, yeah, it's the one where you just say that, hey, I've done this, I've sinned, or something like that, yeah. and like you try to go on and do better. Yeah. That's what Yom Kippur. So you're,
0: is, yeah, right? you're forgive. It's the see, whole- I
1: know what I'm talking about. You're
0: an honorary Jew. like I it. I am an honorary Jew. <laughs> um, it's where you're forgiving yourself. You're forgiving other people yeah. of like the things that have been done, and it's the holiest day of the year. So on this Yom Kippur, which is now it's like September, October, a couple months had gone by, I was babysitting in San Francisco so I only go to synagogue on Yom Kippur it's like the one day I take really seriously and I couldn't go because I was at this hotel nannying but I told the family I just need like a couple minutes in the room this sounds really weird but I was just like on the floor kind of doing the Hebrew songs to myself Mm -hmm. and praying and I in my head I was praying I really hope that they find her body, which sounds really morbid, but a lot of the people's bodies weren't returned to the families. Yeah. There was a lot of looting that went on and people couldn't get their their family's possessions and yeah. bodies back. And so months had gone by and after, you know, four months, you don't think that that's going to happen anymore, yeah. you know? And so I was just like praying that, that Lillian's family would have closure and that, you know they would make peace with that whole situation that night the daughter texts me and she says do you know what happened to mom today and i was like what they found her body and flew and returned her to be buried properly yeah um to Australia on that day that I was praying for this on Yom Kippur. Like, to me, it just felt so also symbolic. And I know, like, it's like you...
1: No, I mean, I get it. It's sort of like a... I know what you're going to say, but, like, I feel like sometimes, like, things just, like, sort of synchronize at the same time. And it could it have, happens, been, it could have been
0: synchronicity. It just felt almost like yeah. a miracle. Yeah. I don't know. It's, hey,
1: trust me. Uh, I, there's been a lot of things in my life that I cannot explain.
0: Yeah. it's It was, like, unexplainable. So that kind of gave me closure and peace with the whole thing. And now I, I feel like she's, like, a guardian angel. And when I travel, I feel like she's—there's been a lot of signs that point to— her being with me yeah. and I think like our friendship I think she knows how much I cared about her and I feel yeah. like she's like an angel in my life guiding me now so that's awesome yeah it was really it was really intense really beautiful and I want to dedicate this podcast episode to Lillian Durden that's right So
1: it's like tragically poetic almost in the way that like her life was taken away from her where her favorite flower was the sunflower yeah. and that's where she ended up like Having the last like part of her life, to, like
0: I know, it's just, crazy and
1: yeah, and it's I, messed up. I've, but at the same time, like I could see that like it was a, it was it was very tragic, but at the same time, just like almost.
0: I felt like her passing gave me appreciation of life. Like I would go to bed every night because like you don't think she thought she was going home to Australia to see her granddaughter. And so that never happened. And so every night I went to sleep and I kind of said, I'm grateful that I got to live this day and, and this life and It just made me appreciate every single day more where you don't usually think like that. You're like, oh, today I had a shit day at work or whatever. It made me realize like this can be taken at any given moment. And so I need to just be grateful that I'm breathing and that I'm alive and that I can travel and that I can sing and that I can have beautiful relationships with people.
1: And I agree with you. I feel like the experience that we live now and experience what we're experiencing now and not wait for anything else past that, we need to really appreciate that. And that's why I try to live my life like that. Every experience I have, I always tell, I told you this once, it's what I'm experiencing at the moment that is like unexplainable. You have to experience it and then later on look back at it and be like, wow, that was an experience.
0: I love that. I'm like crying
1: here. Please don't.
0: (laughs) That's so beautiful. Anyway, I want to dedicate this episode to Lillian. And I definitely think everybody should go to Morocco. It holds such a place in my heart. And I am very happy that I had this life changing experience there. And I'm very happy that you got to be on the show and got to to hear it. Yeah, I'm glad you got to hear it and be a part of it anytime compass where to go